BG Mania, a video game music podcast for August 28th, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the eclectic mix himself. It is Frank. Hey, guys. Or, as I said on Max Level, it's Spider-Man, because we're all Spider-Man now that Spider-Man has left the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe. Yeah, I am putting my bid in. I am going to be the next Spider-Man. <laughs> Anyone can technically be Spider-Man because it's fair game once again. We don't know. Uh, maybe um, uh, maybe Tobey Maguire will come back. Since it's the last time, you know, so well, I hope it's Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> emo, emo Tobey Maguire. Yes. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcast, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods for the very first time, Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves. Instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. Man, I'm getting good at that. I gotta do that fast this week. I'm getting good at that, as always. We hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or listen to us and leave that five-star rating into review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Frank, it's the end of the month. Another month has passed us by in this fast year that is 2019. We are about to enter the fall season. The air is soon going to be a little crisper. It's soon going to have a slight chill, but it will have amazing music 
as we prepare volume. What a volume is this? I don't even know. Volume 26 of Radio Hour. <laughs> Guess I should have looked into dance before I tried to to make that all intellectual sounding. Now it just sounds silly. You big goof. Oh, damn. But I'm excited because even though the, the, the months and years are quickly passing us by, we are still listening to some excellent video game music tracks. I love the fall season, by the way. I mean, I, I actually not uh, not this Friday, but next Friday we are we're doing the uh, orientation for the new hires at the haunted house. So it's literally haunted house season already. It's right around the corner. Next week, I'll already be making the trip up there several times a week and prepping because I'm actually doing something different this year. So it's actually going to be exciting and fun for me. Hey, bro- Brian's going to hang out with his carny friends. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's a fun time. And, I, you know, it actually allows me to make some side cash. <laughs> Because God knows I need it. Level Down Games needs it. We all need it. Well, I've been trying to get you to sell rock, but you don't listen. Well, I found this really nice one that I painted, and I'm hoping someone will buy it. That's what you meant, right? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Painting rocks. (laughs) Frank, I always enjoy Radio Hour because we come prepared with five tracks apiece. Plus, we have one from Jessica and one from the listeners. And we usually put together a fun little playlist. I had fun picking mine out this week. I think I, uh... I went pretty heavy on people who we love, but for tracks we haven't heard yet. Yeah, you definitely went heavy on on more some of the well-known tracks I noticed when you submitted your list. I have a mix a little bit of both. Uh, The first track that we heard coming in was my first pick on the month, and that was The Village of Renoka from Moonlighter, which is a game that I recently just finished, including the Beyond Dimensions DLC we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the Max Level Podcast. You know, shout out to the team, uh, Digital Sun and 11-Bit Studios. They provided uh, a copy of the game for us last year when the game initially came out on May 29th, 2018 on PC and I think everywhere. It came out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch. And then this year, the Beyond Dimensions DLC came out uh, just a couple weeks or months ago. And I finally had a chance to sit down and play through that. And I thought it was really enjoyable. I have always been a fan of Moonlighter. I think it's a fun little game where you get to play as a shop owner during the day. And by night, you are a dungeon delving explorer where you are going through and killing enemies. And the items that you find in the dungeons are what you can then use to craft your own equipment or weapons or sell them in your shop to make money. So I've always was a fan of Moonlighter. I actually streamed it on Twitch last year when I was still streaming regularly on Twitch. But more recently, I just been having fun playing it and I thought it was good. And the soundtrack was composed to that particular track and the entire soundtrack by David Fenn and Pablo Caballero. I thought these two gentlemen did a fantastic job with the soundtrack. It really is. A, it was a good track. I thought it was very Kingdom Heartsy, but, you know, you weren't getting that vibe. I was getting that yeah, vibe. Yeah, you, you mentioned a little bit of like Yoko Shimomura Kingdom Hearts type feel to it. And while I can understand where you're coming from and, and where you might feel like it has a lot of similarities to that, I more think this was inspired by just like your traditional Zelda type games. Like it, it really has that. I want to say almost medieval fare to it a little bit, like kind of like a renaissance type of a feel to it. But at the same time, just really whimsical exploration type music. And that's what they did best in Moonlighter. Like even the we've played one track before and it was actually in a radio hour last year. It was a dungeon track that was also really well done. So uh, they, they just knew what they were doing with this soundtrack through and through. It's some, it's some great music, and I'm going to give you something great as well. Okay. I'm going to take you to the streets, dog. Ah, okay, the mean streets. The mean streets of Whiterun. Uh, from Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, this is the streets of Whiterun. 
And that was The Streets of Whiterun from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, uh, which came out November 11th, 2011, composed by Jeremy Soul. I absolutely love this, uh, being the Thane of Whiterun. Uh, this, is my, this is my jam. It's a nice, somber, slow piece of music that I wouldn't normally expect someone like you to pick. I do like slow things every once in a while. Don't get me wrong, I will bring the metal with to you during this uh this episode for sure but uh yeah man i so much time i spent just walking around white run and all, all the cities to be in general but I, I the way i play these kinds of games i explore every inch every nook every cranny i'm very meticulous um also like level 250 something I, i've literally done everything that possibly can be done in skyrim yeah see I, I i just don't have the time to do that unless i'm really invested and even still like the witcher 3 which is you know a game similar to skyrim in nature I put over 300 hours into that game, but I still haven't explored every nook and cranny and I never will because I would spend close to a thousand hours if I did that. <laughs> I every waking moment for years th- that wasn't consumed with like work, eat and sleep was playing this game. I, I believe that. I mean, the game, you know, is still popular in 2019. So, you know, what is it going on going on eight years old in a couple more months? So I've had an ex-girlfriend yell at me. Oh, my God, you're still playing that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, it definitely was a phenomenon. And I know for a fact you put a lot of time into it because I remember how often you used to play it. But I, again, it just like it's very it, it shows a side of Jeremy's soul that is very calm. And like I said, it's 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 peaceful, but somber at the same time. I really like that piece of music. It's, it's a really good track. Thank you. I'm taking full credit. Well, you you was your pick so I don't see why oh, you... oh, I'm taking credit for the track in general oh no you can't do that that goes to Jeremy Soul. Jeremy Soul and Frank Frank didn't do a damn thing and I mean, probably in life but for that game first of all I've done lots of things in life you bastard uh like what name one I I got nothing um <laughs> I, I, uh okay July 13th 1987 uh-huh. I stopped the ice cream man and I got a WWF Superstars bar and he didn't charge me. Well, that's just because you are into ice cream. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be I don't want to be mean already in the show. We're oh, only two tracks you, in. You mean to five year old Frank? How dare we're you? We're only two well, five year old Frank was probably what pushing three fifty. First of all, audio podcast. Second of all, that's kind of rude to be talking about a child <laughs> that way. I was just some kind of laws against you talking about children that way. <laughs> I think the laws are different when, uh, you know, when it's, it's you. okay. Uh, oh, well, once it's the next track, I'll be uh, looking up the laws to see if I can follow some kind of charges. <laughs> yeah, I do miss those ice cream bars, though. Bring them back. Put, hell, you know what? Bring them back and put video game characters on them. That'd be cool, actually. Like we'll Mario, B- Link. We'll call, we'll call them BG Mania bars. BG Mania bars coming soon to a store and ice cream truck near you. We'll have a little. Well, actually, Frank, what we could just do is buy the ice cream bars and you can 3D print the characters onto the bars. <laughs> and then we'll sell them. That's a possibility. We're going to workshop that. We'll, we'll get back to you guys on that one. And hopefully they won't melt in the process of you 3D printing the character on the bars. But chances are they will. Maybe we'll have to do the... We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't you worry. We'll figure it out. Coming coming soon. BG Mania ice cream bars. We'll, we'll make it happen. But while we figure out how to make that happen, let's take a listen to our uh, next piece of music which is my pick. And I went to something that uh, I, I greatly enjoy. And, and I hope you will too, Frank. Uh, I know Jessica will, and I know a lot of our listeners will. From Persona 3, this is the battle for everybody's souls. Everybody's souls. 
And that was the Battle for Everybody's Souls from Persona 3, which originally released here in North America on the PlayStation 2, August 14th, 2007. Uh, the updated version would come out uh, a year later, on uh, April 22nd, 2008. And then the Persona 3 Portable that a lot more people are familiar with because the game came out so late in the PS2's life cycle. When the game came out here in North America, the PS3 was already on store shelves for over a year. <laughs> Uh, the PlayStation Portable version came out July 6th, 2010, which was the updated version that would eventually include the uh, female protagonist as well. Composed by series composer and legendary Atlas composer Shoji Magero, vocals being done by Tomoko Kamiya, who is the one of the main vocalists in the Persona franchise. The the stuff when you, that you hear when she comes in, you know, the traditional chanty type of a thing that's your velvet room music that is in basically every single persona game since three with the velvet room and igor and whatever his assistant's name is in that particular game which in this one was elizabeth she is the vocalist that always does that velvet room music but i really like this track man it's it's a very rocking piece of music and it is a it is a battle theme it's one of the last battles in the game it's what's called the battle for everyone's souls it's one of the last battles that you actually do yeah, I, I remember i rented this from a velvet room once the, the battle for everyone's souls uh no 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 no, no 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 souls souls oh uh, souls no, and, that's and not, not the movie, that's not the movie i rented and not that kind of velvet room frank <laughs> oh. i uh I, I have not put as much time as I probably should have been to Persona 3. I've only played a couple hours of this game, which is surprising to say. This is the one, like, one of the only Persona games in recent memory that I've not actually finished. Well, it's just simply because of the the way, like, it was on PSP instead of being on a home console kind of deal? Correct, or? yeah. Uh, just ease of, you know, ease of playability, I guess. That's why I am hoping that Atlas will remake the game for modern platforms, whether it's PS4, which it probably won't be, but it might be PS5. Like there, And I, re I recently talked about it in the uh, review that I wrote earlier this year for uh, Persona 3 Dancing, Persona 5 Dancing. The models that they used for Persona 3 Dancing were updated models of the models we saw in the PS2 and PSP game, which means that they have new working 3D models in place for Persona 3, which kind of makes me wonder if maybe they are toying around with or playing around with remaking Persona 3 for a, a modern platform. And if they do that, I will absolutely 100% play through this game. Let's make that a Christmas. Let's make that a Christmas present to Brian. Okay. That would be that would be a nice Christmas present. Also, the uh, the PSP version features this weird mechanic that it, it's kind of like the, the the style where you open up a map and you point and click on it and your character moves to that por portion of the map. Uh. Um, you, you don't really actually get to walk around and explore. You do on the PS2 version. But in the PSP version, that's not there. And the PSP version is definitely the better version in terms of, you know, fixed gameplay bugs and mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that they just remake the PS2 version and, and put that out on the play PlayStation 5 or I don't know if they do it in time, the PS4, but I really doubt that they will. But I really like that piece of music. Jessica actually finished this game to completion on the PSP. She's beaten more personas than you. She has because she finished three, four and five. I've only finished uh, four and five. One and two are definitely not the, the type of Persona games that I enjoy. Um, Persona one and two are your traditional like first person dungeon crawlers, which I, I like when I'm in the mood for them. But I don't really consider those like the Persona experience that I like. The Persona experience I like started with three. But yeah, she's finished more Personas than me. Yep. 
And I have beaten more Hyrule's than you. You have, because you finished Skyward Sword. So until I finish Skyward Sword, you will always have that hanging over my head. Did you know we do more than just BG Mania here at Level Down Games? For those who are unaware, we do a weekly all-purpose video game podcast known as Max Level every Monday morning. Featuring myself, Frank, Sean, and Kyle, the four of us talk about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games we've been spending time with over the past seven days. Not only that, but we detail the new releases for the week, including a fun Metacritic guessing game. Speaking of games, if you're into trivia, Bonus Stage is a competitive segment where Sean, Frank, and Kyle compete against one another in a series of five questions to see who is the champion for that particular week. Max Level is always a lot of fun and entertaining, while still providing the news you need to know on a weekly basis. Also, the latest reviews, impressions, reaction videos, and podcast episodes can be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully one day yours, leveldowngames.com. Check us out often. We'd greatly appreciate the support. You know what? I say we take you to the British Isles. Okay. Scotland? Great Britain itself. Um, <laughs> well, you, did, you didn't clarify, so. I don't know if I have anything Scottish, although I would love to. Maybe next to Hour. Uh... From a rare game, Rare the Company, this is the main title of Blast Core. theme for Blast Corps uh, came out March 24th came out March 24th 1997 uh, here in the States uh, so we got it before Great Britain did and this is a rare game so crazy yeah uh, this was one of the first games they actually put out on N64 it is and I remember I always thought that that was a launch title but I remember that it wasn't because we've talked before the N64 only had two launch titles 
uh, Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. But I always thought, and it is a launch window game, yeah. but the reason that I kept thinking it was a launch title is because my buddy, I, you know, my mom and I lived in, a, in an apartment complex at the time, and my friend got his Nintendo 64 the year after me. So I got mine Christmas 96, as I've told the story many, many, many times from my grandma. He got his Christmas of 1997 and he got Blast Core for Christmas that year. So I always attribute Blast Core to the launch of the Nintendo 64, even though it actually wasn't an official launch title. I like this game a lot because it was very much so a puzzle game. It, it sort of was. Yeah. Did you see what that comp- was composed by? I did. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Uh, composed by Graham Norgate. Yeah, Graham Norgate, uh, one of the, you know, trifecta of rare composers. You had Graham Norgate, you have Grant Kirkhope, and you have David Wise. Those are your, you know, your holy trinity of rare composers. <laughs> um, Graham Norgate definitely has a much different style than Grant Kirkhope and David Wise both do. Oh, absolutely. Like, he, so he, so he, so he definitely... So he goes more realistic. He goes yeah. more realistic and more grounded in reality, whereas David Wise and Grant Kirkcope are, you know, they they go more uh, fantastical, I guess, is the word I'm trying to think of. And uh, fairy tale esque, I, I guess. I don't really know the best way to describe it, but you're right. Blast Corps was more like a puzzle game because you had to figure out how best to get through the levels and rack up the highest score or do certain aspects of what the game was asking you to do, like destroy buildings or save people or do all these like weird little things in your bulldozer or race car. Cause it had like a ton of different cars you could play as as well. Yeah, there, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of different cars and the actual, the, one of the founders of Rare, uh, Chris Stamper. Okay. While, while they're developing the game, uh, the, the, they always had the idea of having the runaway nuclear missile carrier go through and you have to clear the path for it. He's like, if you knock down buildings, it'd be fun. And that's and that's where the whole game came from. Like, they had the idea, he goes, it'd be, it'd be fun if you can knock down the buildings. And Wasn't that the f- first or second mission? One of the first or second missions, yeah. Yeah. And that's what the whole game was based around, huh? That's funny. Oh, there's 57 levels in this game. Um, no, it, it wasn't a short game for its time. Like, it was actually a pretty lengthy game and uh, made, made more so by the replayability because there were a lot of hidden secrets in each level that you could go out there and find. Like, you know, there were unlockable cars that you may not know about because they're hidden in a certain aspect of the level and you have to go off the beaten path and and not do what the game is asking you to do to find the secrets and fi- well, clearly, but find like the cars and that kind of stuff that were hidden there for oh, you to yeah, find. Oh yeah, then you have the hidden levels and all that stuff. This game itself, uh, to this day, is a 90 on Metacritic. I like this game. I really like this game. I, uh, I, I, I would like to see them do something else in this franchise again. Like, and I don't think they ever will. But I would like to see this franchise this return. Would be, this would be a cool one to get a reboot. It, it would be cool because it's it's not like so closely related to Nintendo. I know like it came out on the Nintendo 64, but it's not like synonymous with Nintendo. No, like, no. A, like a lot of rare other games like Banjo-Kazooie is synonymous with Nintendo. Blast Corps could get away with having a new entry on, say, Xbox Scarlet and having that be a launch title and it probably doing really well. No, I play it. I would definitely play it. I think that um, the rare of today would probably have an easier time making a Blast Core game than they would a new Banjo Kazooie or oh any or, or or any collectathon for that matter. Leave the collectathons <laughs> to uh, Platonic <laughs> with uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair coming out later this year. What you got for us, Brian? Frank, nothing actually. It's time for the listener pick. 
Oh, one of my favorite times. Wow, we're going. We're just zooming right through. We are, we are. We are zooming through this episode. We're already five tracks in, and uh, we get to go back to a submission that came to us earlier this month when uh, a gentleman wrote us, and I already read this email, but uh, it came from a listener from Texas known as Brian, who spells his name with an I instead of a Y. You may remember Good his Brian, email. Yes. No, no, no. Uh, misspelled Brian. <laughs> And uh, we, I've actually been in uh, frequent contact with him since he wrote this email. He's a very, very pleasant man. I uh, really enjoy talking to him. He's knowledgeable. He's actually going to be, remember, we, we talked about it, but he's going to be starting up his own uh, video game music podcast sometime in the future. But uh, he, he's always a pleasure to talk to whenever he writes in. He, he listens to both BG Mania and Max Level now. So he's always a pleasure. But uh, in his original initial email, he suggested a track to us. So if you remember when I read that initial email, I skipped over his third paragraph. You did, yes. So I will be reading the third paragraph now. So based off everything else he said, he said, I'm still working my way through the backlog of episodes, so I'm going to save my requests until I catch up and start listening regularly to new episodes. But you will, I think I said that wrong. I think I like had a stroke during when, when I said regularly, but I, that was regularly as I tried to say to new episodes, but you will definitely be hearing from me in the future. I would like to give a shout out to Alberto Gonzalez who I've yet to hear on your show, but who I think you would both really enjoy. His title track to Metal Masters for the Game Boy starts out slow, but then really starts to rock. I would highly recommend giving it a listen. He didn't mean for this to be an actual, like, request, but I took it as a request, and that's Let's what we're playing it. this month for, uh, for BG Mania. So from Metal Masters on the Game Boy, this is the title track, which I think I found out is actually called Metal Beat.
that was Metal Beat from Metal Masters, which came out on the Game Boy originally here in North America, December of 1990. It would then follow up with releases on the Amiga and the Atari ST in 1990 as well, over in Europe only. Uh, only the Game Boy version released here in North America, and the Game Boy version is exclusive to North America, according to Wikipedia. It uh, doesn't look like it ever released in Europe or Japan, and Japan didn't get any version of this game, which is uh, crazy to think about. But yeah, this was composed by Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Oh, that was the former um, Attorney General of the United States. Is it? Alberto Gonzalez, yeah. He was appointed by George W. Bush. I don't think it's the same guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, he's a, uh, he's a Spanish video game composer. That uh, he cites Tim Fallon, Ben Daglish, Chris Hulsbeck, Jonathan Dunn, and David Whitaker as his main musical influences. I can definitely hear the Fallon influence that song. Well, what's incredible about this is that, you know, all five of those gentlemen were fantastic composers back in this time period. I mean, Jonathan Dunn, that was the guy that did that amazing freaking uh, title theme to Robocop. Hell yeah. (laughs) David Whitaker, Chris Hulsbeck and Tim Fallon, guys, we just heard last week on the Amiga episode. And uh, Ben Daglish sadly passed away last year. But man, was a great freaking composer as well back on the Atari ST and the Commodore 64. Like just all of these guys were incredible composers. And for Alberto Gonzalez to have them as his musical influences, you can definitely hear that in the way he's composing music. And he himself was a mostly just a Game Boy composer. He did quite a few things on the Game Boy. We are kind of looking through his catalog of stuff that he did. Uh, nothing really crazy well known. I mean, he did the music for Turok on the Game Boy in 1998, which might be the biggest franchise looking through his list that he actually worked on was the uh, the Turok games for Game Boy. Yeah, I could, I could say with certainty, I've never played a single game that he's composed for. Um, nor have I. I mean, I, I've played the N64 Turok games, but he didn't compose oh, for those. Yeah, he, he only composed the Game Boy and Game Boy Color versions. So very cool to hear somebody that we've not heard on the show yet in our, you know, we, we are on what, episode 112 and we haven't heard Alberto Gonzalez. So that's really cool. And I don't know that we would have heard him anytime soon had we not had this pick. (laughs) So it's definitely opened up a new composer to myself and to Frank, who I'm sure now I will kind of go through and see some of these games that he composed, like if we can find out any other uh, standout tracks and that kind of stuff, because who knows, there might be some hidden gems in his catalog of music. They're really because I like this track. It was really well done. Thanks again. Good, Brian. Thanks again, Brian with an I. Yep. Brian with an I. And why do people spell it with an I? Because their parents love them and know how to spell names. <laughs> I like to think that it's just because they're not cool enough to have a Y. Brian, good Brian. Make sure you leave us a one star review for that comment. <laughs> no, he knows I'm just messing around. But yeah, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, uh, please, 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 for the love of God, don't give us a one star comment. <laughs> No, he's already left us. A, he's already left us a rating in a review. You can always change it. Please don't change it. Please, please, please don't change he, it. He, he's done his job. Now we need everyone else listening to do their job. And please, please, please leave us a rating in the review. But as Brian did, if you want to submit tracks to us or questions, comments, concerns, whatever have you, feedback, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. We are trying to make a conscious effort to read as many emails on the show as we can each week and, uh, 
you know, get some more listener requests in because that's always fun for Frank and I to to hear exactly. what you guys want to hear. The more hear. you call in, the more names I'm going to have to shout out when I do my rap songs. Yeah, so it's not just Martin anymore. Martin and Brian and Mixmaster and mm-hmm. who else? The other guy. Mm-hmm. So you already you already Steve's. forgot you already forgot Martino from Italy. <laughs> Steve. Steve's probably a listener. There's probably a Steve out there somewhere. And good on you, Steve, for for enjoying this wonderful show. <laughs> All right, man, I have a fun track that I think you are going to really enjoy coming up next from a little GameCube game by the name of Gift Pia. Remember that one? No. Yeah, because I don't think we ever I don't think we ever got it here in North America, which is probably why you don't remember it. Uh, It was it was supposed to release here. We'll we'll talk more about it when we have when we come back. But it was actually canceled here in North America. The game never made it outside of Japan. But it was all over the place in Nintendo Power and on IGN and everywhere in the early 2000s because it was supposed to come here. But for whatever reason, they canceled it. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. But again, from Gift Pia, this is the opening music.
And that was the opening music from Giftpia, which released April that, 25th, Brian? 2003 <laughs> over in Japan. Never made it outside of Japan, as I said. Uh, composed by two individuals, Hirofumi Tanaguchi and Yusuke Obitsumi. This was an interesting case. So this was developed by Skip Limited, who is, I guess, more synonymous with like the Chibi Robo series, because that's something else that they also made. But the game was produced by Shigeru Miyamoto alongside two other individuals. But still, having Miyamoto attached to this game certainly led it a lot of credibility. And it was supposed to, as I said, come out in here in North America in English. In fact, it appeared at E3 in English in I think it was 2002 or 2003 because it doesn't say what year it appeared there. And I didn't look that up because I, I, I again, it was 2002 or 2003. But it appeared at E3 in English. Nintendo of America was actively working on localizing this game. And then for whatever reason, they pulled the plug and canceled the North American slash English version of this game. And I don't know if it's because the game didn't sell well in Japan. Uh, if you look at the, the sales of the game in Japan, it was kind of received poorly where the game only sold between about uh, 48,000 and 55,000 units in the first three weeks. And by the end of the first year, it had only sold about 70,000 units. So the game definitely wasn't that popular. But I think that's also because it's so similar to Animal Crossing when you actually play the game. The premise of Gift Pia has you playing a character who oversleeps, misses his coming of age ceremony, and then gets a fine and arrested. And throughout the game, you have to pay off your debt by going fishing or selling fruit or repairing signs or doing tasks for the villagers that live in the city or the island of Nanashi Island. It's basically Animal Crossing with wacky, crazy characters that aren't animals and uh, the fun soundtrack, dude. I want to hear the rest of that soundtrack after that track. I think it's you know, I'm, I'm, I'll check that out. Gift Pia. OK, I, I stumbled upon this by mistake over the past month. Uh, and I, I, I was like, dude, I literally have to make sure that we play this track on, on Radio Wire this month. I remember Gift Pia. It's a game that I wish I would have been able to play. And it's a game that I'm still disappointed I didn't get to play. But it's something that definitely, you know, I, I didn't remember it. <laughs> I didn't remember that this was a game until I stumbled upon it. Like, and it just reminded me of, of how sad I actually am that I never got to play this game. Doesn't that sound very, uh, like, Burton-esque, Danny Elfman-esque? Like, just the way that it was done. It caught me off guard, too. I, I, I was playing, and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, you're not, like, it sounds very kind of like a little eerie, a little unsettling when it first starts out. But then as soon as the characters start singing, it's like, it's total zany, wacky stuff, dude. And it really does. It really reminds me a lot of, like, some Danny Elfman type of material. That was a good one. I'll give you respect for that one. This was just this one time, though. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm using the I enjoy here from a game that I kind of enjoyed. Okay. Halo 3 ODST. This is Asphalt and Ablution.
And that was Asphalt and Ablution from Halo 3 ODST, which came out September 22nd, 2009, and was composed by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Trying to put me to sleep, Frank? I figure a nice, peaceful track before I rock your face off with my tracks that I have later on. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice, happy mix. Couldn't stop yawning. No, I'm just kidding. It was a good track. Uh, it's it's nice to have a moment of peace with all this war and violence, and you know. What 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 about the streets of White Run? Peaceful until you catch arrows to the knee. <laughs> no, you know, because war war never changes. Um, you said you didn't like this game, though. It was all right. It wasn't the, it wasn't my favorite Halo experience, but you know, it, it, it just that's straight up Halo Three, I think, that I liked. Or was it two? I don't know. I mean, they they were all great games. I mean, well, at least I, I thought so. I, I, I believe ODST was the one that involved like the different classes. Correct. Yeah, that's that's the one I didn't like as much. Didn't say I still played it. Don't get me wrong. I played the hell out with everybody. But uh, is it because you're a loser? It's because I am a, a lone wolf and this game was better played with a group where you all kind of specialize in something. So then you are a loser. No, I have a very good ki- uh, kill death ratio. OK, I'm a force colonel. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a, a, a more atmospheric track than anything else. Like, there's this is definitely like background music to a level, correct? Like, yes. so, like this is definitely playing somewhere in that game, clearly. But it's it's not like it's used for a cinematic experience because it's too somber and slow to be used for like a more upbeat cinematic type of a thing or even a cutscene. Now, this is really the show more despair. Yeah, absolutely. And I can hear that. And and not only despair, but again, when it started out, like it had kind of like an unsettling, eerie undertone to it. There was a lot of death, you know, uh, a lot of, lot of uh, people lost their lives out there. And I, I don't remember where this track actually plays, but I'd be curious to to go back and see where, because now that we've heard it, uh, it, it, it brings a lot of, I don't know, like I said, sadness and eeriness. I don't know. It's weird. It's 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 interesting, though. I like that. We all have photos on our phones or cameras or posted to our social media accounts. But when you get that perfect picture and you want to turn it into something real that you can see every single day, PosterBurner.com can turn those photos into amazing prints. Imagine walking into your room and seeing that perfect family photo or vacation picture on your wall. Or if you need to get a gift for family or friends, there's nothing in the same price range that is going to be as impressive and meaningful as a custom print. PosterBurner.com is easy to use, it's affordable, and the quality is truly top-notch. They make amazing posters, and when they say posters, they do not mean those flimsy posters you see in stores. This is super thick, premium photo paper. And you can get a 24 by 36 movie size poster for under $20. They also make premium canvas prints, metal prints, decals, stickers, banners, cell phone cases, and more. Do you want that perfect artwork you recently saw of your favorite game hanging on your wall for everyone to admire? Now's the chance. Or better yet, what about something you personally designed and worked on, blown up and hanging above the sofa in the living room? Anything is possible with PosterBurner.com. Go to PosterBurner.com forward slash BGM today and you'll get an additional 10% off of your order. That discount applies to every type of print that they offer. Again, that's posterburner.com forward slash BGM. I am going to take us to a track from Final Fantasy 14 from the most recent expansion that I had a chance to sit down and play uh, quite a bit of time of over the last couple of weeks because they gave that. Uh, 
Uh, it came out last month. It came out uh, in July. But uh, they gave away that week's worth of free playtime. And I took advantage of that to the fullest and put about 30 or so hours into Final Fantasy 14 when that happened. So I was able to play a little bit of the game. Now, I never made it to the new expansion, but I still did get to see a lot of what the new expansion has to offer. So from Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers, this is the main theme, otherwise known as Shadowbringers.
was Shadowbringers from Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, composed by Masayoshi Soken. The vocalist you heard on the track there were Amanda Akin Keenan and Jason Charles Miller. The actual lyrics were written by, and I don't know if this is one person or, or, or it's got to be one person because it's only one line. Uh, it's just a weird name. The lyrics are written by Michael Christopher Koji Fox. <laughs> Does anybody just use their first and last name anymore? I don't know. Or don't just know. Brian and I, we use our first names. That's all we got. Yeah, it's all we got, man. That's all we got. Or like Cher or Madonna. And Cisco. <laughs> Coolio. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I actually have other credits for that song. Uh, the violin was done by Yuma Ito and the chorus or the choir was Shigeru Hatakeyama, Neyuta Shimizu, Hayoshi Akoa, Satoshi Takada, Nobuyuki Akawa, and Takashi Baba. I have more credits for that one. Uh, the fat guy who is dancing along is Frank. Frank, uh, the co-host of BG Mania. <laughs> because it has to be longer than just Frank. <laughs> Frank. Frank, the host of BG Mania. Frank, the host of BG Mania, the heavy, the fat. I'm not heavy, I'm just fat, okay? Wouldn't you rather be heavy? How does that work? I w- it's all it's all just water. It's all waterway. You know, it's baby fat. <laughs> it's baby fat. It's just, you know, a couple more years. You'll you'll shed all the uh, all the pounds from the womb. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is. <laughs> this is awesome, though, man. And it's so different from the other main themes that we heard. You know, the uh, the title track from Final Fantasy 14, the title track from uh, Heaven's Sword, and the title track from uh what was the, the third expansion? Stormblood. The, uh, all of those were done by... Uh, of the of Age. Yes. All of... No, that's Dragon Quest. All of those were done by uh, Nobu Yamatsu. So this definitely has a, a much different, darker feel to it for a main theme. And I guess that makes sense because Shadowbringers is a much darker expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. So they definitely captured that aesthetic pretty well, I thought. I would have preferred some more Nobu Yamatsu. Oh, I probably would agree with you there. I definitely would en- enjoy no, hearing you. I'm not, not going to poo-poo this track because it was really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and you shouldn't poo-poo anything. Well, you, you eat the poo-poo. That's disgusting, Frank. What are you, a monkey? That's, 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 that's a, it's a horrible video. I recommend you don't YouTube. Why would you? N- no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just don't. Just why don't. would you Why would you do that? Just that's don't. disgusting. Please, please don't. Why would okay. you do that? That's disgusting. Oh, boy. I'm going to butcher the name of this song here because my Italian is a little rusty. But, uh, I thought you. I thought you were Italian. You just got done complaining that Wario is a hairless. I am an Italian American, <laughs> which means I don't have to speak Italian. I speak the Babadi Babadi and the Shikibadi Ba. Okay. You just got done complaining on max level that Wario didn't have any hair <laughs> in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> I, I'm still a little upset. Uh, for a Kingdom Hearts game. Which one? Uh, the, the, the Kingdom Hearts 3D, or as I like to call it, Dream Drop Distance. This is Leonpeto Scur.
and that was Le Imperator Oscuro uh, from Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, which came out July 31st, 2012, composed by the goddess herself, Yoko Shimomura. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's always so good. It really is. I have a soft spot for just the violin in general. Yeah. Um, this is probably the only Kingdom Hearts game that I've started and refused to finish because I just didn't like it. You didn't like Dream Drop Distance? I actually th- I actually really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a one of the better spin-off handheld Kingdom Hearts games. I just did not find myself enjoying this one, and I just I, I put it away. I, I literally put it back into the case, and I've never taken it out since. I I enjoyed this one a lot, and I actually um, now I don't quote me on this because I I haven't actually played through all of the uh, the the remasters, you know, in, in the 1.5 2.5 compilation discs. I think this is one of the ones you can actually play. That's uh, that's kind of been remade a little bit. Well, I'll have to check that out because I do want to beat all the Kingdom Hearts as Hearts aside. Hearts aside. I don't know how you would. Uh, I, know, pro- I guess I guess Hearts itself is plural, so it's probably. Uh, I just want to. I want to beat all the Kingdom Hearts games. That's the probably the smarter way to say it. <laughs> the games of the the Kingdom Hearts Asai franchise. Yeah, so, something like that. Any idea where this track takes place? Uh, no idea, because again, I have not uh, gotten far into this game. I just I did not like it. I didn't but, know if you uh, I didn't know if you came across any, anything any in your research. Excuse for me to play Yoko Shimomura. I will take. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we really don't need an excuse at all to play Yoko Shimomori music anytime we want to. As long as we can fit it in, we absolutely will. Uh, it, it sounds like it could be like late game music, but I don't know. You, and usually with a Latin title, those things normally are towards the end because it's like usually like a big cathedral or something yep. like that. Yep, that's what I was thinking. And I, I mean, it's I, I've I also have not finished Dream Drop Distance, but I have played a lot of it. Uh, I, I put probably 20, 25 hours into the game before I stopped playing it. And if I go back and ever play it again now, I, it would be on the the compilation disc just to see the new changes and some of the stuff that they added to it. But I, I want to say this probably is late game. You're right, because a lot of times when and especially you look at more recently uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, all of the heavy Italian named tracks usually took place near the end of the game. I'm going to say this is during a battle with Xemnas or Xehanort or, yeah. or Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. What's what's he what's he showing the world in uh, Dream Drop Distance? How, how much he needs to just quit and go to AEW? <laughs> I actually like his character that they're doing right now in WWE. The 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 guy that uh, just gets beat up all the time and, and never stays down. That's me. He's like the everyman. No, you well. Ex- 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 except he's thin and muscular and good looking and, 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 and charismatic. And, oh my god, I'm so depressing myself just by saying all these things. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Andy, I mean, but, but it's okay, it's okay, because I, I had to cheer myself up. How's that? It's my favorite time of the episode. Jessica time, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, we get to listen to something from Jessica's mind. And I think, Frank, you're really going to enjoy this one. I think there's a lot of things you probably would have enjoyed on this episode had you picked it yourself. But uh, I know for a fact that you also put a lot of time into the game she picked from this month. And uh, she actually told me the reason she picked this one is because she just wants this game to be remastered and remade significantly like bad because it's a a, a good game. It's a good game. I'll give her that. It's It's a really good game. And uh, that, that might give you a clue as to uh, to what she picked, because she often talks that she would like to see this game remastered, especially now that um, uh, SpongeBob, the battle for Bikini Bottom got announced for a remaster, which was what the, this game and that game were the two that she's been asking for. <laughs> 
so I think the, I fact, know this is. the fact that that one has been remastered, uh, she picked from this game in hopes that putting it out in the ether would also announce a uh, or, or get a, a remake going for this one. So from the Simpsons hit and run, this is the main theme. was the main theme from The Simpsons Hit and Run, which originally came out here in North America September 16th, 2003 on the GameCube, PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It would release on the PC two months later, November 11th, 2003. That particular track was composed by Mark Barrell, but heavily inspired by the show tune or the show title theme that was composed by Danny Elfman, which is really good. It's my favorite Simpsons game. It's right up there with Simpsons Road Rage, but I definitely think Hit and Run is a better game. Hit and Run definitely is one of the better Simpsons games ever released. I mean, it's up there with the Simpsons arcade game, and that's, prob- put, that's yeah, probably that's probably the top two. Too. That's probably the top two. The Simpsons arcade game and then Hit and Run are probably the top two Simpsons games ever made. And the reason why this game was so popular, you know, releasing in 2003, it was heavily inspired by GTA 3. Oh, absolutely. Which, you know, made these types of open world driving violence, do whatever the hell you want to do, just run over people, do these missions. GTA 3 made those games popular. And then The Simpsons comes along and they do hit and run. This was actually put out by uh, Vivendi Universal Games. They published it, developed by Radical Entertainment. I thought this was Activision. Uh, Well, I think at the time, Vivendi may have had a partnership or owned a stake in Activision. But no, it was actually published by Vivendi Universal. Okay, you're you're right. You're right. I take it back. Lo siento mucho. I think, though, I think you're right in that they had a potential partnership with Activision because Vivendi Games would eventually merge into Activision to create Activision Blizzard. Okay, okay. So you're kind of right, but I will take partial. I'll take any kind of partial. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you don't know how often Jessica talks about this game getting remastered. Like, she really wants to play through a remake of this game. Yo, you could even make this game backwards compatible with the PS4 and I'll I'll be happy, but I definitely want it remastered. 
just being able to play it on a modern platform without having to hook up like a GameCube or a PS2 or an Xbox. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, man. And, and this game, even if they they don't have to necessarily remake it from the ground up, but if they just remastered it a little bit, touched up the, gra- you know, touched up the textures and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people would flock to this game once again and play it all, all over again. I know I would. And I know she would, too. You got, you got three sales right there in there. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. It actually won the uh, award for favorite video game at the 2004 Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Awards and uh, was received pretty high on Metacritic, sitting in the uh, the high 70s, low 80s, which is pretty good. 98 percent of Google users like this video. All those ones who voted on it. What video is that? Oh, Google, you're able to write your video games. Oh, OK. 98 percent like this game. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so. definitely a, a popular game that a lot of people have fond memories of. Now, the worst Simpsons game is called Simpsons Wrestling, and I don't recommend playing it. <laughs> that being said, I have paid for that game, and I want my money back. Or uh, Bart versus the whatever game we talked about on an episode of using the classics that he's like, oh, this is such a good game. And it's like, dude, it got whoa, like a whoa, four. Whoa. Don't talk bad about Camp Deadly, man. Camp Deadly is a good game. Was. That's what it was. <laughs> Brian, that game is still about four feet away from me right now at this time. <laughs> sitting, sitting in the Game Boy, it's charging. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But thank you, Jessica. Thanks so much for the uh, the pick. It's always a pleasure. And uh, another great pick. Really? It's been uh, it's 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 funny because it's just like the Simpsons theme. But uh, Mark Barrel did just enough to to make it unique for hit and run. Like you could definitely tell that there's He's some differences the vanilla there. Ice of, <laughs> of the Simpsons. Game <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank, I want to talk about something special that Level Down Games gets to be a part of. For those who are unfamiliar with Kyle, you can hear him weekly every Monday on Max Level, as well as catch his streams at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce every Tuesday, Thursday, and either Saturday or Sunday. Next month on September 21st and 22nd, he's hosting a charity event on Twitch with several different streamers involved. So far, it's around six or seven, with potentially more set to be announced at a later date. And some of them are even verified with significant audiences of their own. They'll be raising money for the Las Vegas PBS Special Needs Library, as Kyle himself is a pediatric doctor of physical therapy in Las Vegas. We encourage everyone listening to participate in the Streamworks Alliance charity stream next month on September 21st and September 22nd. Information can be found by going to leveldowngames.com and clicking on Streamworks Alliance there in the menu bar. We'll see you there. All right, man, I got one pick left for the month, and I want to close out with a a game that released on the Sega Genesis, because as we know, with August closing, September is all about the Sega Genesis Mini. So So I figured why not close out my portion of this episode with a game that is one of my favorites to release on the Sega Genesis from Comics Zone. This is Night of the Mutants.
And that was Night of the Mutants from Comics Zone, which released here in actually I think it was a worldwide release because I only have one release date, August 2nd, 1995. Uh, I don't know if that is technically worldwide, but that's the only release date I have. So August 2nd, 1995, and it was composed by Howard Drossen, who didn't do a lot of video game music. He did do a couple things that Frank, you and I are familiar with. Not only did he do Comic Zone, but he uh, was a composer that was featured on Sonic Spinball with Good two game. other individuals. He was a composer featured on Sonic and Knuckles. Great game. Yeah, he was a composer featured in the 1998 and 2000 releases of Vigilante 8. I don't know if you used to play those games, but it was kind of like Twisted Metal type games. I do. I know Vigilante games. So he's a Sega guy. Uh, Well, Vigilante 8 was PlayStation and Activision published it. Act- so. Activ- Activision and Sega at the same time. But actually not even close. <laughs> he was he was a Sega guy from 1993 through 1998, uh, but at the time only released seven games that he worked on not released but he only worked on seven games for sega in that time frame 1998 switched over to activision in uh, 2000 he worked on uh, boulders gate 2 throne of ball for black isle studios i uh, went back to sega in 2001 for alien front online and then came back to sega in 2009 after several years off for uh, sonic and the black knight and then his last game ever that he worked on music for was 2010's uh, bandai namco's uh, splatterhouse which he was uh yeah yes yes he's just not doing music hopefully he comes back and does another sonic hit yeah he uh most recently has he's been working in the film industry as well uh most recently he did uh 2015's the man with the iron fists 2 the the one with dave batista um maybe not i don't believe the first one the man with the iron fists yeah that is with dave batista (laughs) how the hell did you know that (laughs) i told you i know stupid shit Uh, didn't really work on any, like, amazing movies either. I think his biggest movie that he worked on in terms of uh, scoring it was uh, Blade Trinity. Uh, with Triple H. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. See, the, 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 now you know my knowledge base. <laughs> yeah. wrestling. Rest, wrestling. We, we've always known that, Frank. It's always never changed. <laughs> but, yeah, but Comic Zone, man, I remember when this game came out. I didn't own it, but my friend Justin, who lived a block over from me, had this game. So I'd be over there playing this all the time. I have never beaten this game. It is a very challenging game. You and I were actually talking about it while listening to it. And I was I was I told you, I was like, man, no, I remember distinctly beating this game. And I remember it just being super challenging. And you're like, this game's not beatable. There's like a bug that you can't beat it. And we had to look and we like found a playthrough on YouTube. Some guy finishing it in like 34 minutes. The game is definitely finishable. It's just challenging as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, 12 year old me cannot beat this game. Yeah, the. Obviously, like I said, I picked this because next month we have the Sega Genesis Mini coming out and it's going to be a joyous time for all of us Sega kids. I mean, you know, Frank and I were Nintendo kids as well, but really we were Sega kids. We were both. We had both platforms. We had everything. I mean, you know, there was no reason to be exclusive to one, just like there's no reason to be exclusive to one now. Oh, I have I have no loyalty when it comes to that. There's a small period of time where I was Sony loyal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just like games. Mainly that was because I was too poor to afford an Xbox at the time, so <laughs> I just I just really dug my heels into a system. I just like games, and I like appreciating everything that games has to offer, regardless of what platform they release on. Except for Stadia. You can suck at Stadia. <laughs> Stadia. No, I'm kidding. Google, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's a joke. 
Stadia, is looking, Stadia is looking rough, though. So, Google, you definitely uh, need to... No, Google, to, you keep on doing whatever you're doing. You're the best. You're listening, Brian. Shut you, up. You need, <laughs> to, you need to ease some of these fears that people have about Stadia. You do. I know Number they're listening, Number one super console of all time. <laughs> it's like New Jack. You better watch yourself, Brian. <laughs> the other reason I picked Comic Zone, though, is because I recently just uh, put up a review on leveldowngames.com and finished Damsel a few weeks back which is another game that reminded me a lot of comics zone because it was told through this like fake comic book-esque style of narrative yeah and it like it just it didn't do it nearly as well as comic zone but it when i saw that it reminded me of comic zone and then i had to double check and yeah we've never played a single track from this game so i had to rectify that all right. I think I should play one more slow track just to close this episode out, Brian. One more sleeper to put us all to sleep here on a on a sleepy Wednesday morning. Nice sleepy Wednesday morning. Um, so I'm going to pick uh, from a composer who I love, uh, Mick Gordon. Who, oh, yeah. He, he writes just beautiful lullabies. Of course he just, does. <laughs> yeah, it's going to melt, no, uh, melt your face with his hellish guitar screeches and demon-esque yeah, drums. And <laughs> straight from the bowels of hell itself, uh, I picked Gordonest from the Doom uh, 2016 version. What a freaking banger of a track this is, dude. Like this, I, oh I my love God. this track. I love this game. Uh I don't know if you've played Doom FNVR. I have not. Uh, it's a game I played over the friend's house, which I wish there was a physical. Oh, there's a physical disc of that, but he has, he has it downloaded. I wish he, I could borrow it because I have VR here and I would love to play it at my home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, just to be fully immersed in that world, just killing demons. It's my second favorite thing in the whole world. What's Number your first? Number one is killing Nazis. Okay, yeah, of course, Wolfenstein. It's still Bethesda. <laughs> still Bethesda. And, and, and number third is being the Dragonborn, I'm sure. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't even count because I am the Dragonborn. That's like, oh, it can't be your favorite thing if you are. But, you know. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Man, it's in, you're, you're so in bed with Bethesda that you, you would think that you could talk them I into fixing all, their I bugs. I all, all of their bugs because I love them so much. What, about the, what about the bed bugs that you sleep on because of them? Constantly... But the bugs they have in my, and, and live in my pants that suck away at my wallet? Absolutely. Uh, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say crabs. Those are practically uh, extinct now. Just a little fun fact for everybody. So good job on that for keeping it clean. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with Bethesda. I mean, Why? They, they, they constantly put out these games that are just broken, but I love them so much. And I don't want them to leave. <laughs> so please, please, please just fix these damn games. And I'm glad you're giving us the Elder Scrolls six next year. I, thank you. I love you. But uh, yeah, good luck, Frank. You're going to be waiting another. To... You're going to be waiting another 10 years for that one. Right, right, right. I'm willing it into the universe. So what happens? OK, I don't even care about Starfield. years. I care more about Starfield than I do Elder Scrolls six. Well, being a common Kajit that you are. I am a man that is tired of the same old, same old from Bethesda, and now we're finally getting something new. So I am excited to see what they I hope do with that it. I Skyrim in space. How about I that? I hope that it's Mass Effect that we needed from Andromeda. I want another Mass Effect type of an experience, and that's what I'm hoping that they can deliver with Starfield. But who knows? Maybe we'll get a happy medium. Yeah, maybe. Mass Effect with space dragons. <laughs> Going back to the uh, the Gordness though, this this really is a a heavy track, dude. Like this it is, is a heavy uh, track. You know, this is the one that gets memed a lot as well with the. Uh, is it the the, the, the the revenant playing the uh, the trumpet? Oh, is that what this? Okay, okay, yeah, so. okay. Well, very cool. So, 
a, a, a nice way to, nice way to get, get you rocking, enjoying your Wednesday morning. And we have a, uh, a new Doom game coming out in November as well, Doom Eternal. Which I fully plan on absorbing into myself. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear I'm sure we'll hear a track from Doom Eternal in the radio hour for November. <laughs> I, I may pull up Ryan and just pick exclusively from that game for a whole radio hour. Hey, I did do that for uh, God of War the month that you it did. came out because <laughs> the God of War soundtrack was so incredible that I think I put I put one track from Far Cry 5 in there, but four of my five were were God of War because of how amazing that particular soundtrack was. And yeah, that's totally something you can do. There's no rule that says you can't. So that's totally something you can do. But uh, I think that is going to bring us to the close of the show this month for Radio Hour Volume 26. Unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss before we get on out of here. You know what, Brian? I think we've said it all. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Also, shout out once again to posterburner.com. And do not forget to head on over to posterburner.com forward slash BGM to get an additional 10% off of your order. And that's any print that you order an additional 10% off. Again, that's posterburner.com forward slash BGM. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash on games and click that subscribe button. We are just shy of 4,000 subscribers. We are almost there. So if you have yet to subscribe to us on YouTube, please head over and do that. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash level games. I'm going to screw that up and click that follow button. The more followers we have, the better, even though we're not live often. If you want to follow someone that is live often every Tuesday, every Thursday and every Saturday or Sunday, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Check him out streaming a multitude of different games. And like we said earlier in the show, check out that charity event next September. Oh, actually, it's next month. Uh, I was going to say next September, but next month on uh, September 21st and September 22nd. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, Frank, we kick off quarter number three with, or we close quarter three. We close quarter three. We're close quarter three. I forgot. We do it every three months. So we close the quarter and the first week of the last month of each quarter, we do a deep dive, correct? We've done two. We did one in March and we did one in June. So we do one every three months at the end of the quarter. So, yeah, we're closing quarter three with a deep dive into Mr. Norayuke Awadari. It's going to be a lot of fun. Frank, we, we have not explored his catalog of music as extensively as we should have up to this point in the episode. 113 episodes in by the time we do that. Don't you and, worry, we're rectifying that. And we have, we have not explored it. The only stuff we've really extensively played from Noriyuki Awadari, we played a couple tracks from the Lunar series, and we've played a couple tracks from the Grandia series. But that's basically it. And we have so many other things to really explore that I think next week's episode is going to be phenomenal. So, yeah, strap in. We'll be doing another deep dive into Noriyuke Awadare. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Gordnest from Doom, the 2016 version, composed by Mick Mother Effin Gordon. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.